Chapter Five of the Pony Rider Boys in Alaska. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pony Rider Boys in Alaska by Frank G. Patchen. Chapter Five Traveling a Dangerous Mountain Pass. To the right, the well-known Chilkoot Pass extended up into mountain fastness, the pass that had been traveled by so many in the early rush for the gold fields. Chilkoot, a long distance to the northeast, intersects the White Horse Pass. It is a rugged trail, but an easier one to travel than the one chosen by the Pony Boy riders for the first stage of their journeyings. The object of Professor Zeppelin in choosing the route to the northwest was to take the boys into territory that had been little explored, and to give them their fill of what is really the wildest and most rugged region of the United States. By the way, called Rector, after they'd gotten well started and had dropped the village behind them, what became of our friends? The four gold diggers, asked Butler. They must have gone on with the ship, said Walter. Yes, they must have, agreed Stacy. No, they didn't, answered Tad. I saw Dawson in town yesterday. Funny thing, but he seemed not to see me. In fact, he tried to avoid me. Did you let him? questioned Chunky. Yes, why should I wish to force myself on anyone who doesn't want to see me? Not I. These are queer fellows. It isn't because they don't like us, but rather because they're suspicious. They're afraid someone will get a line on where they're going. Wouldn't it be queer if we were to bump into them somewhere in the interior? No danger of that, spoke the professor. I heard Mr. Darwood say they were going out the Chilkoot Pass for a short distance, from which they might branch off. Tad chuckled softly. Why do you laugh? demanded the professor. Oh, I was just thinking of something funny. Let's hear it, begged Stacy. I rather think I'll keep it to myself, answered Tad, smiling. Let Stacy tell you one of his funny stories. All right, I'll tell you one, agreed Chunky readily. Lead the telling until you get to camp, advised the professor. This is a rough trail, and you need to give it your undivided attention. The professor's right. We'd do well to watch out where we're going, agreed Tad. Yes, I dread to think what would happen to our packs were one of those mules in a moment of forgetfulness to think he was traveling in a circle at the end of a sweep down in a mine, said Ned. The trail they were now following was narrow. In fact, it was a mere gash in the side of the mountain, winding in and out with many a sharp turn, and there was barely room for the ponies to travel in a single file. Above them towered the mountains for thousands of feet. Below them was a sheer precipice of fully two hundred feet, getting deeper all the time, as they continued on a gradual ascent. I don't think I should like to be the post rider on this trail, decided Ned, gazing wide-eyed at the abyss. "'Especially on a dark night,' added Tad. "'Or any other kind of night,' piped the fat boy. "'Oh, I don't know about that,' answered Walter. "'On a dark night you couldn't see the gorge. "'What we don't know doesn't hurt us, eh?' "'There's some logic in that,' agreed the professor. "'Professor Zeppelin was leading the way, "'dragging one mule after him at the end of a rope. "'Then came Ned with the second pack mule, "'followed by Tad and the other two boys.' Butler wanted to follow behind the mules, so as to keep watch of them, he not feeling any too great confidence in the worn-out old animals. 
The professor halted at a turning-out place, where the rocks had been worn out by the wash of a mountain stream, sufficiently wide to enable two horses to meet and pass by a tight pinch. "'Young gentlemen, this is a wonderful country,' he said. "'It's kind of hilly,' admitted Stacy. "'In the Indian tongue, Alaska means the great country,' added the professor. "'Why, I didn't know you talked Indian,' cried Ned. "'I always suspected the professor was an Indian.' "'Now I know it,' chuckled Stacy. "'Young man, if you'll listen, I'll be glad to enlighten you as to some of the marvels of the country we're now in. "'If my recollection serves me right, the country has an area of about 600,000 square miles.' Chunky uttered a long-drawn whistle of amazement. "'Some territory that, eh, fellas?' he said, nodding. "'If my recollection serves me right, Alaska is bigger than all the Atlantic states combined, from Maine to Louisiana.' "'That's where they have the gators,' said Chunky.' and with half of Texas thrown in, continued the professor. It has a coastline of about 26,000 miles, a greater sea frontage than all the shores of the United States combined. Then one would travel as far as if we were to go around the world in going over all the coastline then, would he, professor? wondered Tad. Exactly. Furthermore, it extends so far towards Asia that it carries the dominion of our great country as far west of San Francisco as New York is east of it making California really a central state. Oh, Professor, will you please repeat that? I didn't get it, called the fat boy. You must listen if you wish to hear what I'm saying. Your mind wanders. I hope it doesn't do too much wandering here. I'll surely be a dead one if it does, retorted Stacy, peering down into the sheer walls that dropped into the gloomy pass below him. To give you another illustration, were you to combine England, Ireland, Scotland, France, and Italy you still would lack considerable of having enough to make an Alaska. Then, added to this are the great mountains, thousands of feet high, and one great river, not to speak of the smaller ones, that flows through more than 2,000 miles of wonderful country. I've given you a bird's-eye view of the country, a small part of which you've started to explore. Yes, a fellow needs a bird's-eye up here. He has to have, or he's a goner, declared Chunky. And by the way, Professor, said Tad, your pony is yawning with his left hind leg. Ha, 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 that's a good one, laughed the fat boy. What do you mean, wondered the professor. He's stretching himself. His left hind foot at this moment is suspended over several hundred feet of space. But don't startle him, for goodness sake, laughed Tad. The professor glanced back. Afterwards, the boys declared he had gone pale at the sight of that foot held so carelessly over the yawning chasm. But the professor denied the accusation. He clucked very gently to the pony. The little animal lazily drew the foot in, and after trying several places, at last found a spot that appeared to suit it, and on which it placed the small foot. The boys drew a sigh of relief. My, but that was a narrow escape, derided Ned. Just think of it, Professor. Get up, commanded Professor Zeppelin. Look sharp that none of you does worse. Now and then, reaching a spot where they could get an unobstructed view of the distance, the boys were fairly thrilled by the sight of the jagged peaks sparkling in the sunlight, many hidden in the clouds and too high to be seen. It was an awesome sight, and at such times stilled the merry voices of the Pony Rider boys, as they gazed off over the array of wonderful heights. What are they? asked Ned, when he first caught sight of this vista of mountain peaks. The first one should be Mount Latuya, and the next Mount Fairweather, Tad replied. That is correct, according to the map, spoke up the professor. 
The former is 10,000 feet high, the latter 5,500. A series of low, wondering whistles were heard from the lips of the boys. It did not seem possible that the distance to the tops of those mountains could be so great. I should like to climb one of the highest, declared Butler. You can't, answered the professor sharply. Why not, professor? Because I shall not allow it. And there's another reason, announced Stacy. You can't because you can't. But if you did succeed in getting to the top, think what sport you could have. How so? asked Butler. You could do a toboggan slide two miles long. I reckon it would land you somewhere in Asia. Wouldn't that be funny? I don't know about that, reflected Butler. You wouldn't know about it if you were to take the slide either. But how it would surprise some of those Asiatics to see a pony rider boy suddenly landing in their midst, coming from the nowhere, chuckled Stacy. I rather think it would surprise almost anyone to have a pony rider boy land in his midst, answered Tad with a smiling nod. Is that some kind of joke? demanded the fat boy. No, that's an axiom, spoke up Rector. An axiom, reflected Chunky. Well, I know what that is. It's something that something else revolves around, isn't it? That's the sort of thing the world is supposed to revolve about. I know, for I read it in my geography. The boys groaned. The suspicion of a smile played about the corners of Professor Zeppelin's mouth. You'd better go back to school, rather than be traveling with real men, advised Ned. Isn't that an axiom, Professor? called Stacy indignantly. It is not. Then what is one? You're a living example of one yourself, was the whimsical reply. Stacy pondered over the professor's retort all the rest of that day. But when noon came and passed and no stop was made for a noonday meal, the fat boy began to grow restive. Don't we stop for something to eat, he demanded. I should like to know where, answered Tad. Isn't there a place wide enough for us, Tad? There's not. But when are we going to find one? You know as much about that as I do. Remember, none of us has ever been over this trail. For aught I know, we may have to sleep standing up tonight. Well, I reckon I'd just as soon fall off before dark as after. Anyhow, I don't propose to sleep on this trail, as it looks to me now. Hark! Tad's voice was sharp and incisive. He was holding up one hand to impose silence on his companions. Walter Perkins' face grew pale. The fat boy's eyes were large and frightened. Professor Zeppelin halted his pony sharply and turning in his saddle, glanced anxiously back toward his charges. "'What is it?' stammered Rector. "'I don't know,' answered Tad Butler. "'It's something awful, whatever it is.' "'Have no fear, young men. I know what that sound is. "'There's no danger here where we are, for the professor did not complete his sentence.' The distant rumbling that had at first attracted their attention suddenly merged into a deafening roar, and the trail quivered under their feet. The ponies snorted and threw up their heads, chafing at the bits. "'Hold fast to your horses!' shouted Tad. His voice was lost in the great roar that now overwhelmed them, sending terror to the hearts of every pony rider boy on that narrow ledge of rock known as the Yakutat Trail. End of chapter 5